And here we go, Northeast Podcast. I'm Eric. I'm here with Ryan and Jim. How are you guys doing? Really good, man. I'm doing okay. I'm hanging in there. How are you doing? I'm great. Good to hear. Can't wait to pod with you guys. Uh, we're potting one day late, so don't think that we forgot about you guys. We still have two great podcasts coming this week. This is our sports cast. Lots to talk about. We'll break down some uh, NFL playoffs. But before we get there, we need you guys to give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Northeast Podcast. Also, subscribe. Anywhere you get your favorite podcast from, get the Nordies podcast directly to your phone, your device, anywhere you listen to podcasts each and every week for free, all of 2021. After a tumultuous 2020, we felt the only thing we could do to help make 2021 better is give you our friendship, give you the red hot memes, and give you infinity great podcasts a year. That's our job. That's what we do. That's what we live for. All right, guys. So uh, we're all at home still uh, being socially distant and, and uh, responsible. What are you guys drinking tonight on the podcast? All right. I am going to our friends Lupulin, who are the Nordy winners from 2020. Um, and I'm drinking their fashion mullet, which is like a hazy, juicy, delicious IPA. Um, the, the four pack of Tall Boys, only like $12. I think it's maybe – it might be the best price. Maybe like this and Palais are the two best-priced IPAs on the market locally. Yeah, agreed. I love their prices on that. Um, I'm in St. Paul. Didn't go to St. Paul, but I'm at a St. Paul brewery. Our good friends at Barrel Theory. Um, this beer is called Catch the Light Before It Fades, Double Dry Hop Hazy IPA. Um, 7%, pretty decent price crowler, $10. Bucks. Um, love it. It's a great beer. I am up in Moorhead uh, with our friends at Junkyard. This is Little Sticky, the marshmallow strawberry peach sour. It's as delicious as you would imagine it is. I bet. All right, guys. So here we go. Uh, before we do anything else, we have a little warm-up today. What is our warm-up going to be? So this may not be a fully answerable question, but... Okay. This is kind of a little bit of a tease for something I'm going to talk about later. Who was bigger in their prime, Michael Jordan or Tiger Woods? Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan by some distance. I want to be like Mike, Wheaties commercials, Gatorade, Nike, Shoe Revolution. Um, Tiger was huge, and Tiger brought back a sport that was dead. Yeah. Um, and Tiger so, did more for his sport than Michael Jordan did, but basketball was just such a bigger deal too. That I think that, and plus when you factor in the Dream Team and the Olympic stuff and all that, he was just so relevant for so long. Okay, so my devil's advocate argument is that basketball wasn't as global as it is now. I think That's if you're true. thinking at like mid '90s the first exposure of like Michael Jordan to the world was that 92 dream team. And I don't think it's not like Kobe was in China. Um, you know, where, where he, he, he couldn't go anywhere without being mobbed. Um, I think Michael Jordan in the United States was, was really like a, a huge deal. Obviously I think Tiger Woods worldwide was significantly more popular than I think we would give him credit for. Um, but I, I agree with the takes. I think I think Jordan's peak might have been higher, but I think Tiger had a longer stay at the top, if you will. Like I mean, he had, he signed a hundred million dollar deal with Nike when he was twenty two. Mm -hmm. 
I don't think that golf is a global sport still. Mm, okay. Like it's like a, where do mostly white people live in your country? It's popular. That's, true. that's, that's fair. I, I, I don't deny that. And so I think Tiger was a revolution and literally brought a dead sport back from the dead and made it cool for young people, for black people, for um, athletes to play golf, to pick up clubs and play golf. I think he was revolutionary in that way. But Jordan has his own clothing line. He owns an NBA team and he is the greatest to ever play the game. Okay, over LeBron. But anyway, that's a different argument. I think I think it's cl- I don't think it's by some distance. I think it's really close. And I honestly think Tiger might be just slightly above Jordan. Mm-hmm. Just in terms of uh, worldwide prowess. I know he owns part of an NBA team. Tiger owns like eight golf courses. Well, I, mean, he had, I, th- I think his endorsement money was, you know, three times that of Jordan. I think you might be a little recently recency biased because I know that and we'll talk about this on this uh, um, screencast, which I'm excited about. Because we usually do all TV movies over there, right? So you watched the new documentary, at least some of it, about Tiger, and it must have made an impression. It just got the wheels turning. I mean, he held all four major championships at one point. He he yeah. was the winner of all four of them consecutively. So that was it. Just made me think. Like, I mean, that's a that's a a massive massive. No golfer has ever done that. So anyway. I will give you. I will give you. Money isn't everything, but. Tiger Woods is worth eight hundred million dollars, and Jordan is, Jordan is worth two point one billion. Yeah, okay, fair enough. <laughs> All right, um, we're moving on. We got lots of news, but we are going to start with the NFL playoffs. Um, and so it was a wild weekend. It was the super wild card weekend, as some are calling it, as it was the first time ever that there was seven teams in each conference, six wild card games. Only one team got a bye each way. We are going to go through game by game. It started off with a bang with a great game between the Buffalo Bills, our adopted team for the playoffs. Official Northeast fucking supported. Northeast team, the Buffalo Bills, took on uh, Indiana's <laughs> Indianapolis Colts. <laughs> and what was a great game? Uh, it almost came down to a really questionable call about a fumble at the very end of the game. Uh, the Bills hang on to win. Josh Allen was just too much. It's crazy the jump that he took from year one to year two. Even like a 15% more accurate quarterback. Um, had an all-computer in Stephon Diggs and has the one of the great offenses in the history of the NFL, actually. Um, they're the first offense ever to have more than 20 first downs in every single game of a season. Uh, they were the number one offense in the league the second half of the year by some great margin, and uh, they just have been killers. And so um, Bills win big to start it. It was two not super exciting cities, and so it got put in that first game on Saturday, but it was a great way to start the playoffs. Uh, that was maybe one of my favorite games. I mean, maybe my favorite game. I mean, it came down to one Philip Rivers, you know, bomb that was decently thrown down to the end zone that, you know, usually those don't work out. But if they do, they had won, they would have won the game. So it was very close. That was maybe the end of Philip Rivers as well. Probably should be. Um, but, yeah. I don't know, man. If he keeps having kids, he's going to have to keep playing. <laughs> not, uh, not because of the money, just to get out of the house. <laughs> 
The next game was an NFC West rivalry game. Uh, that was between the LA Rams and the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, most people felt like the Seahawks would win this game because the Rams started the game with their backup quarterback in who got like hospitalized in the game. Uh, Is he okay? Do we know what happened to him? I don't even know. I think he's okay. Uh, <laughs> okay, that's kind of messed up that we don't know. They like make a big deal out of him, show him in the ambulance, and then it, like nobody remembers his name, so they don't even follow well, up. That's well, what they up. probably thought happened <clears throat> was because of the way he got hit on the top of his head with the shoulder pad was potentially like a compression fracture like in his spine. Mm-hmm. And so they were probably just being like super duper cautious. Because that's yeah, shook for sure though. Um so yeah probably like he was also probably like thank God get me out of this game. Put Jared in. I have I don't want to be here. I have no business being here. Let's put Jared in. Well people liked it because he was running a lot of uh read option and it completely changed their entire offense. And so I think it was difficult for Seattle to prepare for them all week, but um, they get a pick six on Russell Wilson, who, by the way, Russell Wilson, for all the talk about how he's like an MVP caliber guy, Hall of Fame guy, two years in a row, he has completely fallen apart in the second half of the year. And it might be a scenario where it's just a lack of talent on his team and he's just good enough to drag them to, you know, 10, 11 wins every year but there isn't a lot of talent, but he just was not the, the guy the second half of this year at all. Um, the Rams. You know, it's funny. It's like, as the, as the season goes on, it's almost like he hits a limit. <laughs> Mr. Wow. I'm sorry. Unlimited. Keep going. He deserves to lose every year. I just, Hey, I'm having fun. Cause the Vikings aren't in it. I love it. I was like watching every game. I wasn't worried about like an upcoming Vikings game. It was great. It was a stress-free NFL viewing weekend. And the brilliance, this is just a slight divergence. The brilliance of adding this uh, other two wildcard games is that you have football from noon to 10 p.m. for two days. Well, do you think they might do this every year? I loved it. More games. Like, this was the best weekend. I think this is. I think they're going to be counting the money and being like, yeah. That's going to stick around. I mean, if I guess, if it's more likely that they go back to six or up to eight, it's more likely they go up to eight. Uh-huh. Sweet. Um, so anyways, the Rams on the road end up winning this. They have a great defense. They have the best defense in the league. They have the number one pass defense in the league and the number three run defense in the league. Aaron Donald is crazy. He's so good. Hopefully he's going to be healthy. He did hurt his ribs or somewhere in his midsection, his sternum. Uh, yeah. Hopefully he'll be healthy for this week. Um, but their defense is fantastic. Their offense is okay. And for how hard people have been on Sean McVay, he is a hell of a coach. Um, mm-hmm. Finally, the Saturday night game, of course, was Tampa Bay, Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Bucks against the Washington football team. Um, they were they couldn't even play Alex Smith. He couldn't even give it a go. So they played Taylor Heineke, the former Viking. And he kind of ripped it up. He gave it a go, man. He he. I think he surprised a lot of people. It was like one of those moments where like a guy just has his moment in sports, you know. And he'll probably. I mean that that dive for the pylon is legendary. You know, great. you do that in a big playoff game, it will be remembered. So good for him. It was fun to watch. Um, people are all asking if he's a starting quarterback right now. No, I, he's not. I hope he goes to the Bears or someone stupid, but he's not. A <laughs> It was just a great performance. Um, the Bucks have some questions, but they do have a lot of weapons on that team. Godwin, Evans, Brown, Gronk, 
a bunch of running backs, old ass Tom Brady hucking it downfield. Um, I think on their day they could beat anyone, but I also think they could lose to almost anybody too. Sounds uh, like the Vikings. Did you guys know that Tom Brady goes to bed like really early? I'm sure. No, but so, it doesn't surprise me. So they have a terrible record in his career in the last few years. He has a terrible record in night games. And some people think it's because his bedtime was before this year. His bedtime was like 8 o'clock or 8.30. Wow. Every night, unless he has a game. And then this year he said he's been going to bed late, which is 9.15 to 9.30. Okay. And then so it's like super early warm glass of milk. Bedtime story, open mouth kiss on your son and right to bed. <laughs> he's he I, I mean, I will say he's kind of like LeBron in the fact that his diet, his sleep, his exercise, his healing routine, everything is part of the fact that he, you know, takes such care of his body that at forty three he's having all this success still. It's it is a testament to what he does, but it makes you live kind of a weird life. If you told me Barter, you got a hundred dollars right now to plunk down on the quarterback that goes to bed the earliest in the NFL. I would have said Tom Brady without even thinking. If you had to say latest, mm-hmm. who would you say? Uh, Baker I'd Mayfield, say, maybe. I think I'd say Baker. Who would you say? Big Ben. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just not even go there. He's up to no good. We don't need to kick him when he's down. You'll, we'll get to him anyways. <laughs> All right, guys, so that ends Saturday night as the Bucks beat Washington 31-23. Washington had nothing. They had a banged-up um, receiver, McLaren. They had a banged-up running back, Gibson. They had their backup quarterback. They have a great defense, but they had no business scoring 23 points in this game. Not a great sign for the Bucs. Um, okay. The next game was everyone else's um, probably other favorite game of the weekend. That was another AFC early game. That was the Baltimore Ravens at the Tennessee Titans. And this was another really good game. Tennessee got up early, um, 10-0. I kind of felt like the game was over at that point, to be honest with you. Yeah. I thought it was over. I thought they were going to be able to run the ball, and the running game of, of Baltimore wasn't working. But they stuck with it, and they completely just shut down the offense of Tennessee. Didn't help that Corey Davis got hurt. Didn't help that uh, uh, Derrick Henry never got going in this entire game. And uh, the Ravens, they, boy, they, boy, did they try to keep giving it to him? No, Jesus. It just was like he was ineffective, and then one of their two big receivers was out injured, and that was just it. Um, AJ Brown is an absolute monster, though. That guy's going to be a beast. Brown and uh, Davis are both fantastic, both first round picks. Yeah. Davis was the Western Michigan kid who played with PJ Fleck when he was the head coach there. Uh, he was a top five pick in the draft. Um, AJ Brown was a first round pick as well. They have fun weapons on that team, but the defense sucks this year. And Lamar made some big plays. He ran for like 130 yards. It was a great game. When he broke off, that was like a 55-yard touchdown or something. Yeah. Oh my God, was that impressive? Yeah, and he he it was good it was good to see him like sort of you know shake off the demons a little bit. You know, everyone was on him after last last year's early exit. So. It's nice to see a guy like Lamar get the win, you know, get that monkey off your back, and and you get to move forward. So hopefully we get to see. I love, like, the petty bullshit that happens in football where, like, in the regular season before the game when these two teams played, Tennessee stomped on the Baltimore logo and, like, went to midfield and took over the field, and there was almost a brawl, and the coaches were going at it. All the game long, the teams were chippy and going at it with each other. At the end of the game, there was a contentious moment between the two coaches. 
And then in the playoffs, they play in Tennessee this time. And at the end of the game, they get a big interception and Baltimore's players all stomped on the Tennessee logo at midfield. You love the petty stuff. I love the petty stuff when it comes. To- <laughs> you know, you know what sport? You know what sport that would never fly in, Eric? What? Baseball. There's there's an unwritten rule that you don't stomp on the other team's logo, and then they're going to bean you next game. There's an unwritten rule for everything in baseball. <laughs> it's well, all it is. Sport is just unwritten rules. Same with hockey. Hockey's like ah, if you're close to the blue line, eh. If you dump it in from the red line and you're four feet away, it's fine. But if you're Six feet away, it's too far. You know, I think the rule is, as long as your stick crosses the line, it doesn't matter. If you if you uh, sub off and the guy is kind of on the ice still, it's okay. But if he's all the way on the ice still, it's not okay. Like it's just it's just all that kind of bullshit. So no, I love this. I love the little fighting stuff. I love when guys are too ramped up you know, and go at it over stupid things like that. It's great. So um, that was another fun game. Uh, the next game was awful to watch. But I'll let you get to your point, Jim. But it was between the Saints and the Bears. The Bears had the worst offense um, I've seen since the Vikings and the Packers uh, against the 49ers last year, if you remember the 49ers. And it's, it's not even close. I don't know what kind of game plan they had, but Jesus Christ, were they bad. They could do nothing. They could not move the ball. Do you remember, though, the last last year when the Vikings and the Packers both got just stomped out by the Niners and couldn't even get first downs? Well, I think that's a that was a testament to, like, how good that Niners defense was. I don't think the Saints defense is as potent no, not as, as the Niners were. I think it was a combination of a pretty solid defense against a completely ineffective play calling from Nagy and Pagano. And then they lost. They they're missing Mooney, their big play receiver. And then on top of that, they lost uh, Miller to punching a guy during the game. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, and I, I think didn't it was cover that. I didn't, I didn't see that part. So uh, who is it? Uh, Wims drops a wide open touchdown that would have like completely ch- changed the dynamic of the game. So I was just uh, Trubisky's numbers weren't great, but he got a little unlucky. He did. Um, so yeah, that happened. And then. Uh, I will say, Breeze, they won the game. Breeze is so washed up, it's crazy. It's, like, hard to watch. He's so washed up, yeah. He, like, he's so... That doesn't mean they can't go win the whole fucking thing, though. I mean, it's crazy. I think it does. I just, I don't, I don't think... You don't think that they're, like, you know, Peyton Manning and the the Broncos situation? It's not that? No. How is it different? Manning had the best defense in the league with the best pass rush, and they also got to play against the Panthers, right? Yep. I remember they went two years in a row. The one year they lost forty-three to eight to the Seahawks, and then the next year they played a terrible Panthers team that had, you know, just didn't have the horses, and they just sacked Newton all game long, and Manning just did enough to win the game. Mm. I just don't see it. I like, I don't know how they can win with Breeze. Like, it's just what's going to happen. He's going to play Pat Mahomes, and he's going to outduel him. He's not. So I think he's such he's a. Handsome- Who's their backup? Is it Taysom? Like, they're not going to try to make Taysom yeah. Hill the main guy, are they? He's trash. He is trash. And so I just think they're going to ha- – I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. I don't I don't see them going much further. And then the whole thing ends with the most surprising game of the whole weekend. The Browns – the Browns is the Browns, is what Juju Smith-Schuster said. And then uh, now everyone is just destroying him um, yeah. on social media. Uh, the Browns went 48-37. to 37. Big Ben – Three, uh, four, four touchdowns, four interceptions, yep. and 500 plus yards. 
in the it's like an NBA player scoring 50 on 39 shots. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Shots. Like he was, had those numbers because he was throwing it everywhere to the, to every team, every player on the it <laughs> was defense like, and offense got a piece of it. It was like a NBA player going like 16 for 41 for 52 points and two assists and 11 turnovers. So yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Whichever pick a player. Um, yeah. So this game was ridiculous. Uh, the first play of from scrimmage, the center Marquise Pouncey snapped the ball over the head of Big Ben. It went for a touchdown. By the end of the first quarter, it was twenty-eight nothing, the most in the common era of football, I believe, in a playoff game. In a, in a playoff game in a quarter, yeah. Or I think in the first quarter, yeah. Twenty-eight to nothing. This game was over. They got within eleven at the end of the game, and it was never even close. This Steelers team went one and five down the stretch after starting eleven and What changed for them? Like, I think Big Ben is just old and washed. Okay. I think that yeah. like their defense got banged up. They lost one of their big pass rushers. They lost um, one of their big linebackers. They lost a couple other guys, and then Big Ben just wasn't effective. He just was turning the ball over all the time, and you just can't win like that. So, big win for the Cleveland Browns, which was cool to see. Um, their coach, Kevin Stefanski, our old offensive coordinator, couldn't even be there. He had to watch the game from his basement, which is wild. Could have been a could have been a blessing. I just think that like it is it it shows you though that um so much of a coach's job, a head coach's job, is the game plan. Preparation. Preparation. Getting your team ready. And I think Stefanski's really good at that. And obviously he's got a good staff with him, so Cool win for Cleveland. Um, I just can't wait for Cleveland to stop everyone to stop pretending Cleveland is so tortured. Well, they because they just won a championship three years ago. Yeah, they're like everyone's like, yeah. oh, it's so hard to live in Cleveland. I'm like, yeah, well, Jim Jordan was your representative. And yeah, uh, I think I think uh, <laughs> yeah, I remember everyone was uh, everyone was trashing. The Browns hire, they're like, oh, yeah, uh, Kevin Stefanski was 1 of 11 on third down in a playoff game. The Browns found their guy. Like, you know, they were making jokes about how poorly the Vikings offense did against the Niners. And, of course, Cleveland hired him. Dude, he went in and took a team that was kind of in disarray. Like, they had no identity. They had a lot of uh, stars and hype and not a lot of cohesion. And he kind of put it together for them. And then to put one on the Steelers in the first round of the playoffs was, dude, that's that's huge. Um, you know, even though he couldn't be there, it's still a big freaking deal, like yeah. to to be able to do that. So I'm, um, you know, it's it, I'm not going to say the Browns are my third team, but was quietly rooting for you know Stefanski to have a successful season, just to kind of prove all the naysayers. Like, yeah, he only had one season at the helm as an OC, but good for him, good for him. Right. Yeah, I mean, I was just cheering for him just because it's like just such a underdog team, you know, like, why not? And plus, dude, fuck the Steelers, you know, and so now they go, I guess we're probably going to get in the, the next matchups, but I don't know if their their Cinderella story continues or not here. All right, so we'll go into the games and the lines here. We'll make our picks real quickly. Uh, first game is the afternoon game on Saturday, Rams at Packers. Um, the line is Packers minus seven. Wow. Let's go Rams. So here, I'm going to make an argument for both teams. Okay. Argument for the Rams. 
Um, Aaron Donald is the most disruptive, best player on defense, maybe the best football player in the world. He can create pressure in Rodgers' face. Their defense is loaded at every level. Their linebackers are super quick. Um, Adams gets covered by Ramsey, who's one of the best in the game. And you just hope that the defense can create some turnovers, maybe get a score, get some great field position. Hester Rodgers, you know, they're great against the run. They're great against the pass. Um, McVay is a great coach. Uh, Packers, you know, maybe you can run the ball, keep the score down, win a tight game. Of course, you got to assume that all of that defensive prowess is predicated on Donald being healthy. Yeah, he's banged up. I would assume he'll play, but how, how healthy is he? Yeah, exactly. Um, so that's that's the best case for them. Uh, case for the Packers, they're at home. They're less beat up. They have the far superior quarterback. They, you know. Had a week have, off. Yep, they got the week off. They Cup is injured, Donald's injured, and Jared Goff is trash when he doesn't have a broken hand. <laughs> okay. So the case is strong for the Packers. I like the Pack like twenty-seven to seventeen. Like I think they win this game by two scores. Okay. Hate the Pack, but I think they win. Yeah, I can't argue so with that. You're shitting on Adams' pick for the Rams as the dark horse to win the Super Bowl this season. I liked them, but I just think Goff has taken a step back and he's injured. But Eric, defense wins championships. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I think I think you're right. I, I if it came down to it, I think it's going to be a one possession game, and I think Green Bay wins. All right, uh, the night game Saturday night. I think this is the game I'm the most excited about. Mm-hmm. Ravens at Bills. Hell yeah! Early line is Bills by two and a half. Bills minus two and a half, which means that if it's a neutral site game, they think the Ravens are better. That's I, a that's a that's a Rodney Dangerfield line there. No respect. I think that's no respect. I think the Bills are the much better team. I think that Allen is the better quarterback. I think that wow. the Bills are at home. They're going to have rowdy fans. They could have seven of their fans there, and it would be rowdy. So <laughs> I like the Bills. I think this game is going to go back and forth. I think you're going to feel like both teams can win it at multiple times. I think the Bills win it late. Uh, I think they're just more talented, and I think Allen – is the real deal. I mean, if I had to choose right now between Allen and Jackson as my quarterback for the Vikings for the next 10 years, I would take Allen. He's, he's okay. pretty good. He's that's, so good. That's, that's racist. <laughs> Seems like it. Yeah, we know why you're picking him. He's He's been really good. He's been really good this year. So um, I like the Bills, and that's our team too. So I'm cheering for the Bills, and I think that they're going to get it done. Okay. I'm good so, with that. Do you think it's a new Do I think what? You think it's a field goal? Yeah, I think it's like 27 to 24, 30 to 27. I like the Bills in a close game. In a good late back and forth game where both quarterbacks are making plays, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm really excited about this game. All right. The final score will be like 17 14. (laughs) Probably. Because everyone, you know, that always happens when everyone's like, oh, my God, this is going to be the best game. And you're like, oh, my God, I can't even stay awake. This is so boring. And it's three to zero at the half. And you're like, yeah. Okay. Yep. All right. Um, the next game, Browns at Chiefs. This is the worst game, I think. The Chiefs are nine and a half point favorites. Mm-hmm. The Chiefs problem is that they've looked like not always super impressive in winning every week. 
expectation. Yeah, I think, you know, it's hard because you, you, you've got a lot more tape on them now. The expectations are through the roof that Pat Mahomes is going to do Pat Mahomes things and throw for 400 yards and five touchdowns. And one of them's going to be like a behind the back, no look to Kelsey. And they don't really have a running game to speak of, not that they need one. Um, but, you know, some of the glitz of all of the offensive prowess they had last year is probably gone a little bit. Um, so I would say I'm thinking like it's going to be a pedestrian win, but it's going to be like 35 to 20. Yeah. But my point is like, too, is like everyone is annoyed that their offense doesn't look better, but they win every game. Yep, that's all that matters. The most disappointing 14 win team who sat there people in the last <laughs> year, they were 14 and one when they tried and everyone is like, Oh, what's wrong with the chiefs? They have a lot <laughs> of months. They're just, usually win by more than one score. What's wrong with them? You know, I just think that maybe they haven't passed the eye test as much as they did last year. Um, but I think they might be a better team than they were last year. Like is, does Kansas city allow, are they allowing fans? Oh, it's Missouri. Yeah, of course they are. Yeah, I mean, they, yeah. they boot a moment of unity. There's idiots running that. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Fair enough. Isn't it? Wait, isn't it? Uh, um, Howley. He's, he's their guy, Josh Howley. Of course. He's a yeah. guy there, so makes me want Cleveland and their guy, Jim Jordan. Uh, all right, so uh, I like the Chiefs big. I like the Chiefs. Your scores looks good, 35-20. Let's go with that. Okay. Last game. Um, this is this is a, a timeless matchup that you've heard of so many times, but they've never played each other in the playoffs. That is Tom Brady and Drew Brees playing in the playoffs as – Old-ass dudes, like 43 and 42 years old, I believe, at this point. Um, Saints, at home, three-and-a-half-point favorites. Interesting. Saints kicked the crap out of the Bucks both times. Yeah, they destroyed them. Destroyed them in the last matchup at the Superdome. Beat them up two times this year, um, which makes people lean Saints. But I also just know that Drew Brees is bad. He just is. He's bad. He's terrible at this point. Brady's much better. I think I like the Bucks in pulling the upset. As the upset pick of the week, I think I like the Bucks. Um, the Saints have good players. They have good defense. They got Elvin Kamara, obviously. Um, but I just think it's going to come down to who can make more plays, Breeze or Brady, and I think I like Brady more. Now, I hate the guy. But I, I hate Sean – no, I hate Sean Payton. Hate I hate the guy. But he is – pretty good at drawing up a game plan based on strengths and weaknesses. And I'm guessing that he saw the tape and he's going to try and figure out ways to get the ball out of Breeze's hands quickly. And to Alvin Kamara, to Michael Thomas, um, I think, you know, he's a, he's just a piece of shit, but I think as a coach, as a coach, Sean Payton can draw up a really good game plan. So I don't think it's going to be, I don't think Breeze is going to look as bad as he did. I think they're going to they're going to figure some things out. Plus, he was just coming back from getting hurt. So, I think I think it'll be a really competitive game. I, I'm going to say Saints by three. Um, okay. I'm not even going to you know I'm not even sharing my opinions. I don't fucking know. I look to you guys. You guys are brilliant at this. Um, I think that the Saints, if I had to pick, would probably win this one. All right. Um, okay. A couple other things. Doug Peterson, the coach of the Eagles, is gone. Couple years after winning the Super Bowl, um, there's now a bunch of openings. Uh, you have 
Houston, Jacksonville, the Jets, the Chargers, um, the Eagles, the Lions, all looking for coaches right now. If the Vikings were to hire Doug Peterson as the OC, if Gary Kubiak resigns, would you be excited? Um, probably. I probably would be. Hmm. Any head coach coming to be a coordinator is nice. I just know that when Frank Reich left that offense, it didn't look like a great offense anymore. Struggled, yeah. And so I think that maybe Frank Reich... Are you, are you sure it wasn't when Filippo left? <laughs> I think hey. I think that's what people thought was going to happen, but it obviously they, it didn't work that way. Um, the other big piece of news when it comes to coaching searches is that Deshaun Watson is unhappy and wants to be moved from the Houston Texans. He is mad because he was told he would be part of the hiring process of a coach. He is good friends with Patrick Mahomes, and Pat Mahomes' offensive coordinator, Eric Bieniemy, who most people believe is one of the great offensive minds in the league, one of the most deserving guys to be a head coach, um, didn't even get an interview there when Watson mm-hmm. wanted him to get an interview badly, and that was his guy he wanted it to be. Um, he's pissed about that. He's also mad about the organization's overall reaction to Black Lives Matter and social justice movements. He wants to be moved. He's raising hell. And it sounds like if I had to guess the number one team that he could end up on would be the Miami Dolphins in a trade that would be something like they get their first round pick back, which they traded away to the Dolphins, which is now the third pick in the draft, which hurts. Yeah. They would get Tua, the rookie quarterback, and probably another first round pick. Something like that. Do you think that the that do you think that Watson is I mean he was hurt, like he was amazing. I think and he was hurt and then he came back and he was okay. I I know his team sucks around him. I think Watson is He's like the seventh best, right? No, I think he's like the third best. Oh, you think he's really good? Yes, I think he's so. Good. You would definitely take him because I see. I heard a lot of like you know, anytime this happens, and the local sports media guys will start doing stories about, well, what if this guy came here, right? And what do people think? And I thought like people wouldn't be that excited about it, but I mean, maybe he's that good. I think Mahomes is the best quarterback. I think Rodgers this year is the second best quarterback, and I think Watson's the third best. Mm. Can we offer – the Texans are really stupid at trading. Can we just offer them, like, Cousins and a fourth rounder for Deshaun I, Watson? And You probably would and just shoot it over see what happens. I've been really harsh on Cousins. I've been really harsh. I'm, on I'm kidding. Eric, I'm kidding. No, no, no. I, I'm, I'm going to agree with you and go okay. on. Um, I think Cousins is, is actually pretty damn good. I think he's probably, like, the eighth-best quarterback. I would give up Cousins and two firsts for Watson right now. Okay. Jeez. He's really good. Um, finally, Justin Jefferson got second team all pro, which is really exciting. One of six receivers on the all pro teams. Super deserving. Adam Thielen probably should have been on there too. Um, Cole Beasley made it with his four touchdowns. Adam Thielen mm. had 14 touchdowns and didn't make it. So Diggs and Beasley both made it. Diggs and Beasley both made it. I think Jefferson and Thielen both did. Yeah, yeah. Both should have been second team guys in this. Um, so that's really cool. Um, he'll be in the conversation in the award show in a couple of weeks for the rookie of the year. I think he will lose it, but still, what a hell of a year. And is there a more fun player um, to watch on the Vikings since 
maybe Percy Harvin, if not Randy Moss, than than Jefferson. I mean, he just makes everything look so smooth and so fun. So Great. he's fun to watch playing football. And then the second he's not playing football, he's actually more fun. He's got a signature dance. He's got a clothing line. He does Instagram lives, which I jumped on and was actually like pretty fun. Um, the guy's a star. He's a star outside of football as well. He has the big statement coming out and saying, hey, you know, people that are saying shut the fuck up and I should only talk about football or more than that. I mean, he's 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 coming into his, his own social consciousness. Dude, big fan. Big fan of our guy. All right. So in Vikings. Well, real quick, real quick, Eric. In the all pro uh, ratings, where was uh, where was Dalvin? Well, I mean, there's only two running backs that make it. There's six receivers. I'm just saying. Well, I think we picked I, the right he, guy. He didn't get any really votes. Good. He got zero votes, dude. He didn't get zero votes. I heard he got no votes. That's not true. He okay. finished. Well, don't look at me because I don't. The first <laughs> I'm guy, Kamara, the second guy was Alvin Kamara, and the third guy was Dalvin Cook. And there's only two teams, so. He would have been the number three running back. Jefferson was number four, five, or six receiver. Close, but okay. only get two running backs on the two teams. You get six receivers. Um, all right, going to the Vikings. Vikings special team ranks on the year. Field goal percentage, 32nd in the NFL. Extra point percentage, 29th in the NFL. Punt return average, 32nd. Kick return average, 17th. Net punt average, 31st. Punts inside the 20, 31st. Punts blocked, 31st. Oh, my God. I didn't know it was that dire, even when you look at the numbers. Obviously, the eye test, it's 31st, but... Maloof is gone. He's Maloof not, is gone. He didn't get fired. He just His contract was up. He is gone. He was a disaster. The special teams were unbearable. And when you think about it, having horrible special teams on a 7-9 team, if you had good special teams, you might have been 10-6. and six. Yep. But how many games in the first four weeks did we lose by... One or two points. I know. And you had the, the game against Tampa where we missed, what, three field goals and two extra points or something? Yeah. I mean, it's just like a disaster on special teams this year. It kept us from the playoffs, and uh, he's gone. So, all time. That's good. That's good. Well, and then, and and then all, of this, like, cascades, all this cascades into other decisions where uh, maybe in the Seattle game we kick the field goal – if Zimmer has more confidence in the special team, you know what I mean? Like all of these things sort of like compound on one another where you're like a normal decision here would be this, but we kind of have to do this and it ends up being the right call statistically, but it didn't work out all because your special teams was crap. And so anyway, good riddance. Bye. All right. Uh, finally, well, not really finally, but next up the, the Timberwolves. Um... Won a game. There's, Let's stay positive. We won one. I don't think there's much to be positive about. <laughs> yeah. I'm not it's positive. really ugly. Oh, I'm feeling really bad, to be honest with you. And I'm starting to think that we were pumping the Anthony Edwards thing. And now I'm like, uh, I think we picked the wrong guy. Oh, I well, think we we're all very, all very level-headed here. You know, we all try and think like very analytically and we don't get, we don't buy into the hype too quickly. That's not what we do here. Uh, or a hype beast, but, um, I you guys are much more level-headed. I can never cover sports for my profession because my fandom is completely uh, an emotional roller coaster at all times. Um, and so, are you I, kidding, Colin Cowherd? Like, <laughs> dude, you would be the best. Um, his he's not emotional. He's just a troll. 
He's yeah, he's a troll. That's true. That's true. He doesn't really let the fandom his fandoms get in the way. He's just an asshole. Um, Anthony Edwards, I do think, although he does lead scoring in all rookies. So there's like you can find a couple stats, but and then you look at even fucking the ball guy. I mean, this dude has got a triple double the other night, and you know Winston's a lock for the number one you know rookie of the year and. It just it does suck to see, but I also do not. I'm not going to put it on Anthony Edwards. He's not going to grow on this team as stands. It's a bad team. It's bad pieces around him. Is he all of a sudden going to come in and just take change the culture as a 20 year old dude? Probably not. So we had three picks in the first round, right? Three of the top, I believe, 25 picks in the draft we had. So 27 rookies qualify um, for PER. Uh, our one kid, the Argentinian kid, I believe he is, Balsamo, something like that, he is playing in the G League. Yep. Uh, you have um, the, the Washington kid, uh, McDaniel, or whatever. He's hardly scored and hardly played. And then you have Edwards, who's 19th in rookie PER right now. Yeah, but I mean – what are the t- the Timberwolves don't spend a lot of time in positive PER as a team? No, I agree, but I'm just saying um, your top guys, Lamelo Ball, is number two, and number one is Tyrese Halliburton, who okay. you know fell in the draft, but everybody really liked him. I uh, thought he was kind of a can't miss guy. Um, Edwards had zero points last night. Yeah, so I'm a little worried about that. Um, Towns can't stay healthy to save his life. Russell is super inefficient. Um, no. We'll give you a few positives, all right? Nas Reed is a beast. Yeah, Nas Reed does what what a like a solid, dependable center should, which is nice. Like he's doing uh, his thing. Beasley, after a couple bad games, has been really good. Mm-hmm. Last- he plays a little defense too, a little more defense yeah. than most, anyways. I think the last three games, he's been really good. He's scoring. He's he's everywhere. He looks like a really yep. nice player. Um, I'll add one. Okay. Uh, Vanderbilt is a nice surprise. Like a guy that nobody had really expected much of. Uh, he's not a starter, um, probably nor will he ever be. But even just taking a, a player that we don't know if they even belong on a roster and then finding out that they would probably get bench minutes on most 25 NBA teams is nice. That's nice to see. Um, and even if we don't, you know, this team ain't going anywhere. But all we got to do, what we want to do is see players make jumps so they become more valuable. So maybe we sign them or maybe we trade them and it helps our team in the long run. So Vanderbilt has been really nice. Don't you guys think, I mean, when you watch him, he's like trying to do everything. I just think that if you told me that we were going to make a list of positives on the Wolves three weeks into the season, and they were going to be Nas Reed, Vanderbilt, and uh, Beasley, I think we'd be like, uh, it's not going well. Oh, it's not going well. <laughs> Ryan Saunders. We don't need a list of positive and, and negatives to determine that. Ryan Saunders has got to go. Gotta yeah, go. he's lost out there. He's in way over his head. He can't do it. He's got to go. I mean, I guess I haven't looked up all the rankings, but we must have one of the worst defenses. We have we we've allowed like some record amount of games with 120 points against us. Although last last night we did win, and they only scored like 90 something, but. It's not good. I mean, they don't even try to play. De- they don't. It, they does, it looks like they don't know how to play defense. Uh, team defense efficiency ranking, we're 28 out of 30. Okay. That's not, yeah. not surprising. Bottom of the barrel. That's, I mean, 
if I even saw it at like 21, I'd be like, hey, we're making strides here. <laughs> you know, that's how bad it's been. And I mean, it the fourth quarter against the fourth quarter against was it Denver the other night? But or like last week is indicative. You know, we were in the game. I think we even took the lead in the third quarter. And then they dropped 40 points on us in the fourth yeah. quarter. And Jokic went off and and there was nothing we could do to stop them. We're so, one of those teams that are only going to win the game is it if everybody gets hot from three, which will happen. It happens to every team. That's why every team can win a game every once in a while. So last night, Beasley had 25 and D'Lo had 27 or something, and they were making all their three-point shots, and that's why we won. Um, most games we will lose because that doesn't usually happen, and we don't really have great shooters, so we can't really rely on that. Uh, this team is uh, its a total disaster. It's really sad. And I'm depressed. So I will tell you the one stat, though. Um, the reason that they have uh, D'Lo has been doing more is because he has doubled his amount of drives per game in the last week. Okay. So he's taken so over the last a lot two more. games, or yeah, yeah, that's good. And so because I mean, he's like the king of inefficient shooting. You know. Yeah, he's 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 not my favorite player. Um, all right, guys, finally, the Gopher cool off this week uh, in all sports. Um, they lose both big games in, in uh, basketball. Was it Michigan and Iowa were their two losses this week? Yep. They can't win a game to save their life. Um, they look like they're going to make the NCAA tournament, but they're not going to be a top 20 team come the end of the year, I would probably say. Um, and then the Gopher hockey team. I'm not trying to rip them. They're still fantastic. They are now what um, I think 13 and one, but they finally yeah they lost what one to Wisconsin. They, they split with Wisconsin. Split at Wisconsin this weekend. So worse things have happened to to better teams. I mean, this is not the end of the world, but they came back with a big win the next night. They haven't been swept by Wisconsin in like six or seven years. And then the final piece of Gopher news: Gophers have received a commitment from former four-star Clemson D tackle Niles Pinkney. Pinkney earned third-team All-ACC in 2019, played in 55 games over the last four years, and has over 1,100 career snaps for Clemson. He will have one year of eligibility remaining. So should step in, start on that D-line, and hopefully be a difference maker right away. Sweet. I mean, hey. Love Love that transfer portal. Love the transfer portal. Love that they don't make it so kids can't transfer anymore because they don't pay them. So they need to do something to ease the load on these kids. Um, hey, 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 hey. They're students first, Eric. It's all about their education. Yeah. Okay. Tell that to the SEC. <laughs> all right, guys. That is it. That's all the time we have for this sports cast. This week, we'll be back with you guys next week, or I'm sorry, later this week, tomorrow, with our screencast. All kinds of stuff. Our new rewatch. Um, we'll we'll give you the name later, but it's going to be the Christopher Nolan Batman series. Uh, we have all kinds of news. Uh, we're playing a game. It's going to be a great episode. So tune in this week to our screencast. Until then, thank you guys for listening to the Nordies podcast. Yeah.